This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I want, to, I want to start off by reading the prayer that Paul prayed. And this is something to take ownership of. And as you do, as you pray this prayer consistently, and you make it yours, you'll see how revelation will begin to, to increase in your life. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of my heart flooded with light so that I can know and understand the hope to which he has called me and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, and so that I can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe it's demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Say, raised from the dead. When he raised him from the dead and he seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body. So God is saying, I want to reveal the same power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to reveal it upon the earth. But it's going to take people who are willing to position themselves in their relationship with God that allow the Holy Spirit of God to flood their inner world so we can know. Not so we can guess, not so we can just hope in a, in a wishful way, but that we can know and understand. Know and understand who we're called to be. Know and understand what our inheritance is as children of God. Know and understand the power in the name of Jesus. Know and understand the power in the blood of Jesus. Know and understand our rights on this earth as children of Almighty God. Know and understand how powerful it is to understand we are in right standing with Almighty God and God is not holding anything against us. Know and understand. Not just know, but understand. Know and understand. Knowing is not enough. It's knowledge acted upon that brings results. Knowledge acted upon brings results. And it says that God raised Jesus from the dead. So let me ask you a question. And we've talked about this, that if, picture this, Jesus, he's the head of the church. We just read that, right? And the church is referred to as the body of Christ. Correct? So when God raised Jesus from the dead, did He just raise His head or did He raise His body too? His head and His body were together, correct? Okay, so just like for, for example, you know, I didn't say, well, I, I saw Ben's head down at the grocery store today and I saw Jared's body. 
No, wherever Ben's head is, there's his body. Wherever Jared's body is, there's his head. And, and go, go with me to Mark 16. So as you're turning there, I, I, I want us to grasp that in order for God to get his will done on earth, and these scriptures aren't in your notes, by the way. I apologize about that. I'm just... <laughs> We've got to grasp that, okay, the head can only get the will done through the body. God can only get his will done through the body. Jesus can only get his will done through the body. God isn't going to do anything else. Jesus is not going to do anything else. God has already done everything he's going to do. Jesus has already done everything he's going to do. When he died on the cross, when he went to hell for you and I, he stripped the enemy of all his power and authority, and he got it back. And when he was raised from the dead, who did he give it to? Us, the body of Christ upon the earth. Not Jesus didn't get the power and authority and dominion back for himself. He got it back for you and I. And so when he raised the head, he seated him at the right hand of the Father. We read that a while ago, right? In Ephesians chapter 1. When he seated the head, did the body go with him? Yes. So the head is in heaven, but now where's his physical body? Upon the earth. So he has power and authority in Matthew chapter 28 when he is raised from the dead. He says, all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then it says he was seated at the right hand of the Father. So the head has authority and dominion at the right hand of the Father. If the head has dominion and authority at the right hand of the Father, does the body also? Yes. So the head gets his will done through the body. Say, through the body. Through the body. Through the body. So people say, well, well, God doesn't need us. Not so. We need God, and God needs us. What, what, what gives us the legal right to function upon the earth? Where God's power flows to us, and through, through us to accomplish His will upon the earth. I, I know I told you to go to Mark, but let's go, let's, go to, um, let's go to Matthew. That's just to the left of where you're at there. Matthew chapter 8. So I'm glad I came tonight. Now you're expecting to hear the voice of God with me, right? This is on your notes here, Matthew chapter 8. Now... You can read all of it in your own time, but let's start in verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What would make Jesus marvel? What would get Jesus' attention? Because he saw somebody operating on earth the way that he had seen his father operate in heaven. When he saw this man understand authority... And when he, when he saw this man had a grasp, when I say to this servant, go, he goes. When I tell one, come, 
and he comes. He says, you don't have to tell me. You don't even have to come to my house. You speak the word only and it'll be done. And Jesus said, I, I marveled because I haven't seen this type of faith since I've been with my father. Not even in my disciples. So, so let's go back to that Genesis chapter 1. And we're asking tonight what gives us the right to operate in dominion and authority upon the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Notice that statement. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, notice that God did not talk about what he didn't want. He talked about what he desired. There was darkness there. The Holy Spirit was hovering, but nothing happened until God said. When God said, it gave the Holy Spirit something to move upon. So how did God's power manifest? He spoke it. The Holy Spirit moved upon it and brought about what God said. See, when God spoke, it was with authority. It was with power. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he says, the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. In Ephesians, I mean, Hebrews 4, 12, it says that the word of God is sharp and powerful and alive and active. So when God spoke, things happened. When God spoke, things happened. When God spoke, things were created. When God spoke, he didn't say, he didn't talk about what he didn't want. He didn't want the darkness. He didn't say, it sure is dark out there. Because what would have happened if he would have said, it sure is dark out there? It would still be dark out here. So God looked at the, the situation that he, he wanted to change, and he spoke with dominion and authority what he desired light be and light was. The word light in the Hebrew is the word or, O-R-E, and it means order. So there was chaos. If there's any area of chaos in your body, any area of chaos in your life, you know what's going to bring chaos into order? God's word. Light be, and it continued. See, when God speaks something, when his word goes forth, it's perpetual. It's continuing to manifest. It's continuing to produce. It's continuing. When God speaks something, his power doesn't stop unless we unplug our faith. As long as, as when God spoke, the world is continuing to, to be operated by that power. So when God spoke, something happened. When God spoke, things were created. When God spoke, say God spoke. What gives us the right to operate in power and authority upon the earth? Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Then God said, and you can read all of that in your own time because it's so powerful. But for time's sake, I'm just going to... Then God said, verse 11 and 12, Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Who said it? Okay, so you see, when he said something, he spoke something, things begin to happen. The, the, the herb that yields a seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. Where? On the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. 
Nothing happened until God spoke. Nothing was created until God said. Nothing produced until God said. Nothing happened until God said. Jesus talks to us about this in Mark chapter 4 when he gives us the, the parable of the different grounds, the different soil, and he refers to the Word as a seed. God said was a seed that the Holy Spirit hovered over to bring about the manifestation of the will of God. Your words are seeds. Do you want the harvest that's coming out of your mouth? Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and sleep day and night. He says, he don't know how this works, but it's working. Say, it's working. So when God spoke, something happened. When God spoke, things were created. When God spoke, things begin to shift and things begin to move. When God spoke, and people say, well, well, that's God. God. God is the one that spoke in a seed. See, all a seed knows how to do is reproduce after its own kind. We say, well, well God can do that. That was God. Say, that was God. Okay, we'll go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said... Now, now we all agree that in the beginning, God spoke and things happened. Right? God spoke and, and something happened. So if God were to speak over your physical body, things happen. Okay, if God speaks over our finances, things happen. He hasn't changed, right? And we say, well, that's God. Yeah, if God spoke over it, I mean, things would happen. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Okay, so we see what gives us the legal right to operate in dominion and authority upon the earth. We all agreed that when God spoke, things happened. But then he said, now I make you in my image and in my likeness. The word image and the word uh, likeness in the Hebrew, it means the exact nature, the exact duplicate, the true substance of Almighty God. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And if God spoke and things happened and God spoke and things were created and God spoke and things were done, he says, now I created you in my image, an exact duplicate of me. Now you do what I did in order to get the results that I got. So why aren't we seeing more of this? One reason we really don't believe it. And we've got to be real with ourselves, right? When, I, when something comes out of my mouth, do I truly believe that I'm going to have what I say? God said, and things happen. And as children of God... God is wanting us to come up in this area. So when we say something, things happen. You know, I've told you story after story of, of, of speaking to tornadoes and speaking to storms and, 
speaking to situations. Just this last week, I was driving to, to minister over there. Heather was driving while I was studying. Everything was fine. And uh, I've been teaching on dominion and authority. And so I've told you the devil comes immediately to steal the word. So we've got to prove out the word a lot this summer. And all of a sudden, my, my, my tongue curls up in my mouth. Never had this happen before. And it just balls up underneath my, my throat right here. And I just begin to, I'm laying hands on myself. And I grab Heather's hand and laid her hands on me. The word says, lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And I'm taking dominion and authority over my body and commanding this stuff to get out. And, and I told her, I said, you, you got to pull over and pull over. And I mean, I mean, I let it roll. I mean, I was Ralph there for a little bit. But see, I could have just submitted to that and let it kick my tail. And I went on and preached that night for an hour and everything was fine. And I could have submitted to that and let the devil kick it out of me. Or I could realize we have dominion and authority. I told you last week or week before we was in a hellstorm. And, and, and see, the thing about dominion and authority is you have a choice of whether you're going to operate in your life. Because I don't have the dominion and authority in your life like you have the dominion and authority in your life. We was in the hell storm and all of a sudden the hell's coming down and everything and we're pleading the blood of Jesus over our truck. I don't have dominion and authority over the people that are five feet from me, but I have dominion and authority over us. And I was telling Gus, I said, this is, this is when most people get talked out of their dominion and authority because they get focused on, oh, the hell, the hell, the hell, the hell, the hell, the hell. Instead of focusing on the word because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And when we speak, things happen. And we pled the blood of Jesus over our truck. I don't care how much hell comes down. No dents, no damage will not take place in our vehicle in the name of Jesus. Guess what took place? No dents, no damage, no, no problems in the name of Jesus. But see, I could have accepted it and thought, oh my gosh, it's going to destroy my truck. What would I have had? Destruction of the truck. You know, I've told you about, you know, horses dying and, and speaking to them. See, if God spoke to them, we'd think, well, that horse would get up. We're made in the image and likeness of God. What gives us the right? What gives us legal authority to operate in dominion and a power upon the earth? Now, now stay in a place of relationship with God. This isn't about a method it's not about steps. God's not a, a genie in a bottle. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. He's not a slot machine where, okay, if I get 777, oh, Trey's going to heaven. Okay, I hadn't always been a preacher, all right? So you're with me. Some of y'all are looking real holy, but... <laughs> no, it, it's, it's about intimacy with the Father. It's about getting His Word and, and sitting down and asking, Holy Spirit, you, you were there when you inspired these people to write the Word of God. Show me what was your motive. Show me your heart. What do you mean in right here? I, I want us to walk in victory. It, it disturbs Heather and I when we go to all these churches and the body of Christ are getting their tail handed to them, just like people who don't know God. No greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. But it doesn't come by just going to church. It doesn't happen by just wearing a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus. It doesn't happen by just raising our hand one time. Yeah, you're going to go to heaven and if you've asked Jesus, but there's so much more that we want to walk in victory. Monday at your house, we need God to show up right now. How, how, how does that happen? Through relationship, through, through time with Him, through time in His Word. And, and, and so we're learning here, okay, we all believe that when God speaks and things are things going to happen. But right here, God says, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we made you in our likeness, in our image. 
And you're the exact duplicate of us upon the earth. And I give you the dominion. Not us. On earth, I give it to you. Look at the definition of dominion. I put it in your notes there. To govern, to rule, to manage, to master, to lead, to dominate with his nature, responsible for reigning over a designated territory. Now you can see in your notes there, verses uh, 7 and 8, Genesis 2, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, I want you to picture what took place here. In the Hebrew, the word create is a word that means that God created out of something that did not exist in the natural. The word make came from the Hebrew word, which means to make from something that already existed. The word make means to build. It means to shape. It means to mold. You know, it's a word that you hear guys use. Like when I think of Heather, I think, boy, she's built. That's uh, what I'm saying is, God, you did a good job shaping. Are you with me? <laughs> guys, come on, I can get some more amens on that one. Yeah. And so, so what God is saying, the word make, the word form, the word build, it means that God made us out of the dust of the earth. He made out of something that already exists. The word create means that he made out of himself. So what God created, he placed in what he made. And then it says he breathed the breath of life. This word breath is the God kind of life. It's the word inspire, inspirited, that when God made, he formed, he built, and he put what he created inside what he made, then he breathe the breath of life and he says now what i made in my image and my likeness now you have dominion and authority upon the earth so without that you don't have dominion and authority upon the earth did you notice when satan showed up in see genesis 1 is what god created genesis 2 is how he did it Then you go into Genesis 3, and Satan shows up on the scene. Did you notice how he had to use a serpent's body? Why? Why didn't he just show up as a spirit? Because in order to have dominion and authority upon the earth, to have legal authority upon the earth, there has to be a body involved. Think about it. Whenever a person dies, they go to heaven, you put their body in the ground, are they able to continue to function? Why? They no longer have dominion and authority here. They no longer have a legal right here. Satan had to use a snake's body in order to have any form of authority and dominion here. What gives you the legal right to operate in dominion and authority upon the earth? Your birth certificate a physical flesh and blood and bone body. Notice when Jesus was raised from the dead, did you notice after he was raised from the dead, he never did another miracle upon the earth? Why? Because he didn't have legal authority upon the earth anymore. Even though he appeared with a flesh and bone body, he did not have blood because he took his blood to to heaven for us. 
So that's when he said, I give you dominion and authority. I have all the dominion and authority in heaven and on earth, but now in order for it to manifest, I give it to you. Now you go in my name and lay hands upon the sick. Now you go, and if the devil raises his head up, you take care of him. See, the devil was intimidated when Jesus showed up upon the earth because he knew, the devil knew that a, that a person had to have legal dominion and authority to operate upon the earth. See, God had to find a person after he gave all dominion and authority to Adam. He blessed them. He empowered them. He says, you go. Now, something happens to the earth, Adam. I'm going to come and talk to you about it. You're supposed to be fruitful. You're supposed to multiply. You're supposed to have dominion. And our world is the shape it is in, not because it's God's will, but because of men. Because of the curse. Because, see, the devil has to have a body to operate and God has to have a, a body to operate. So whenever God created Adam in his image and his likeness, gave him dominion and authority, Satan came in, Adam sinned, he gave the dominion and authority over to Satan. Adam did. Are you with me? God was not pleased. Because now, he had, because Satan had influenced the body... Now, God had to find a body, a person who is willing to agree with him in order to get his will done on earth, just like it is in heaven again. So, so listen to what he says in uh, Genesis 3. Genesis 3, it's probably on page 4. So Genesis 3, verse 15. And I want you to see this here. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So God is looking for a person. Say, so he's looking for a person. So after Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden and gave the dominion and authority over to Satan, he started looking for people to make covenant with. He found Noah and he made covenant with Noah. He found Abraham and made covenant with Abraham. All the way up to you see right here where he says, okay, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Her seed, a woman doesn't carry a seed. The man is the one that carries the seed. So go with me to Luke chapter 1. Once again, God is looking for a person for him to have access upon the earth. Luke chapter 1, you know the story. The, the angel appears to, to Mary. And he tells Mary that you're going to give birth to the Son of God, Jesus. You're going to name his name Emmanuel. God is with us. Going to name him Jesus. Now notice, I'll just read this to you here. Uh, verse 35, Luke 1, 35. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, the offspring which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. And it goes down, verse 37, Nothing will be impossible with you. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. Let it be done to me according to what you said. Remember in the very beginning when the Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness, God spoke and light was. He said light be and light was, right? The Holy Spirit was hovering. Where do we see this taking place again? The Holy Spirit is hovering over Mary. God speaks 
The word is what she has. The word, remember, God said and things happened. God said and things happened. God said and things happened. And he said, I made you to say like I say and things to happen. But when Adam sinned, he lost his dominion and authority. So God is looking for somebody who will do what Mary did. Let it be done to me according to your word, knowing that the Holy Spirit is overshadowing us. And the same way that word created and manifested into the child, the Son of God, Whatever seed you allow to come into your heart and you say, let it be done to me according to your word, whether it's finances, it's going to grow and manifest into the promise of God upon the earth. If it's a seed of healing, you're receiving that. Let it be done to me according to your word. The word comes in. The Holy Spirit's overshadowing. The word manifests. Let it be done to me according to your word. In other words, see, God is very purposeful about a seed. God is very purposeful about His seed. God is very purposeful about His seed. He is looking for fertile ground. Somebody who isn't being religious, somebody who's not playing church, but that has their heart open. And when you find a promise in God's Word, you say, let it be done to me according to your Word. I might not understand how the seed operates and how it works, but I don't understand how a brown cow eats green grass and produces white milk, but I'm going to enjoy the milk all the while I don't understand it. It's the same way. I might not understand how all this is working, but all I know is that when God speaks and His Word comes into my heart and I say, let it be done to me according to your Word, it's just a matter of time before I see what is in the spiritual come to pass in the natural. Let it be done to me according to your Word. When it comes to finances, when it comes to relationship, when it comes to healing, let it be done to me according to your Word. Start practicing being in agreement with God. Start practicing obedience opening your heart up to God and seeing the Spirit of God, bringing that seed. See God being on purpose. I found somebody who my seed will work in their life. Remember 2 Chronicles 16, 9? He says, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro over the whole earth, looking for someone. Why? Why did he say looking for someone? He says, I'm looking for the faithful. I'm looking for the committed. I'm looking for the serious. I'm not looking for the religious. He says, it's the religious, the traditions of men that make the word of God of no effect. He says, I'm looking for somebody who is saying, let it be done to me according to your word. Because that's a person I can manifest to. That's a person I can reveal my heart to. That's a person that I can show up for. Let it be done to me according to your word. See, God had to have a body up on the earth in order to manifest his will. He had to, had to find somebody that was willing, say willing, willing to be in agreement with God's word so his will could manifest on earth as it is in heaven because he knew the only way that he could destroy what Satan had done was through a flesh and blood body. 1 John 3, 8, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Amplified, it says to dissolve it, to loosen it, to undo it. The reason God wants the Word... See, the Word of God in our life... Um, I'll just summarize it for time. When, when, when God is looking for somebody, and this is where we've got to say, okay, God, I'm your person. I'm your person. In order for Satan to get his will done upon the earth, he has to find a person to influence. In order for God to get his will upon the earth done, he has to find a person to influence. 
Remember, remember Abraham, whenever God gave the promise to Abraham about Isaac and, and then, then God spoke to, to Abraham and he says, I want you to bring Isaac up and sacrifice him to me. Remember what Abraham said, here I am, Lord, here I am. In other words, I'm willing, let it be done to me according to your word. And he goes all the way to completion where he puts Isaac upon the, the altar and he raises up his knife and he was going to go ahead and sacrifice his son and the angel stopped him and said, don't you touch him. I, now I know that whatever I ask you to do, you'll do. And Abraham responded, here I am. I mean, you talk about a willingness right in the middle of the act. He had an ear to hear what the spirit was saying because he lived in relationship with God. He, he knew the heart of the father. How are we doing in the middle of intense situation? Do we have an ear to hear? And the angel said, now don't, don't touch the, the child. I know whatever that I tell you to do, you're going to do. And he made this statement in Genesis 22. He says, now because of your obedience, your seed will possess the gate of your enemies. Your seed will possess the gate of your enemies. Gates represent... Um, dominion and authority and territory. A gate represent that whoever was stationed at the gate, they decided who came in and who went out. They decided of how much flow there was in the gate. And whenever Adam gave his dominion and authority to Satan, Satan became the little G God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And now the enemy has possessed the gates upon the earth, but it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and begin to possess the gate of our enemies. Whatever territory you're called to, you have dominion and authority to possess the gate of your enemies. In other words, devil, you take your hands off that territory. You no longer stand at the gate. You might be standing there, but you've lost your right. You get out of there in the name of Jesus. Your seed possesses the gate of the enemy. What seed? The seed of the Word of God coming into your your heart and manifesting in your life, you possess the gate of your enemy. Whatever you're called to do, the seed produces the will of God, which gives you the dominion and authority to possess the gate of your enemy. Remember, God says, my seed, the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. He was saying, I'm sending the word of God and he's going to take you out. How is he putting the enemy? He's already defeated Satan. But how, how, how does he, how does he take his hands off of our money? How does he take his hands off of our body? How does he take his hands off of our relationship? How does he, how does he lose his rights and privileges to dominate the body of Christ? First and foremost of us realizing the dominion and authority we have. Because we can't exercise something we don't know we have. What gives me a right to speak God's word upon the earth and it take place? A physical flesh, blood, bone, body. You have a right to speak God's word and God's will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Don't give up your rights to walk in dominion and authority. Don't give your rights up because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And God is expecting you and I to, to get this. He's expecting the body of Christ to lift our vision, to lift our thinking to lift our believing, to be everything He's called and created us to be. Every one of us in here, we know that there's more in God. We know that there's more. If you'll just get quiet just for a little bit in the presence of God, your spirit, man, the real you, it'll begin to talk to you and you know there's more. Hebrews 8, 6 says the promises of God and the covenant of God that we stand on, they're better. They're better than the Old Testament. They're better than what David operated in. They're better than what Abraham operated in. They're better. They're better. Say better. 
God has a, a better life for us, but it takes relationship. It takes, it takes us hearing the Word of God, applying the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, that God wants to work in us and through us to change the world around us. God wants to use you at your workplace. He wants to use you, whatever sphere of influence you have, to manifest His will upon the earth as it is in heaven. Say, I have dominion. Say, I have authority. Now, now when we're talking about Mary, I want you to, to realize that the same angel that came and spoke to Mary, and, and her response was, I'm opening my heart, let it be done to me according to your word. And because her words were in alignment with God's word and she was in agreement with God, God was able to manifest the same angel manifested to Zechariah. And he told Zechariah, I know that you are older in years and everything, but, but your wife Elizabeth, she's going to have a baby. And Zechariah began to question God in a way that he wasn't in agreement. I don't know how this is going to happen. And so he shut his mouth. This is how powerful it was. He shut his mouth because he knew if he didn't shut Zechariah's mouth, that because of his dominion and authority upon the earth, his words would alter the plan of God. So he shut his mouth. Same angel, same message, different results. So when God comes to you and I, you read the Bible, you see something in the Bible, a promise in the Bible, our response should not be trying to talk God out of His promise and talk God out of why He can't bless us and why He can't show up for us and why His power can't be real upon the earth. No, we should let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. See, when Jesus showed up, did you realize that he didn't, he didn't cast out any devils when he was 10, when he was 15, when he was 28, even when he was 29? No miracles, still the Son of God. No speaking to the, the wind and the sea stopping. No raising the dead, no blind eyes opening, no deaf ears opening. He was still, he was still the Son of God. But in Philippians 2, it tells us that he laid down his deity and when he was baptized in the river and the Spirit of God came upon him, that God, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. In Luke chapter 4, you see when Jesus, he came up out of the wilderness, he was anointed by the Spirit of God. He went to church that day. And they had, they had their way of doing things in the synagogue. And there was, there was a chair set up there. And they said that that chair was reserved for God. And they would, they would, they would predetermine what you're supposed to read at the synagogue. And the, so they would hand the scroll to them. And they would read, okay, this page here, this, here, this, what you're going to read. And it was a ritual. But when Jesus showed up that day, they handed him the scroll, and the Bible says he found the place. In other words, he got off of their tradition. He totally disrupted the flow of their service. And he began to read, I am anointed. In other words, in order for him to have our authority, he had to come like us and function like us and be anointed like us by the Spirit of God in order to, for us to know how to operate. He wasn't operating as the Son of God. He was operating as an individual just like you and I, anointed by the Spirit of God. 
See, we think, well, that's Jesus. Remember, that's just like I was saying at the beginning. Well, that's God. When God speaks, things are supposed to happen. We're made in the image and likeness of God. When we speak, the words, things are supposed to happen. You know, when God breathed into, the, into, the, into his nostrils, the breath of life, that's the same word breath. And the, 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 the other side of this is when Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, and he come back, he said, all power and authority has been given unto me. To the disciples, it's the same word breath. He breathed upon them and they became born again. It's the same word, the same activity. The life of God was going from God into them and the power showed up for them to manifest his will on earth just like it is in heaven. Are you with me? So Jesus shows up at church that day. He closes the book. Nobody sat down in the seat that they would reserve for God. But when he sat down after he said, I am anointed by God to open the blind eyes. I'm anointed to heal the sick. I'm anointed to preach deliverance to the captives. I'm anointed to preach the gospel. He sat down in the seat. Letting them know, I'm not doing this on my own. And you would have think all the church would have just been... You know what happened? They grabbed him and they led him out to the edge of the hill at the end of town and was going to throw him off. And the Bible says, but then he turned and walked right through the crowd. Then after that, the Bible says in the synagogue, devils begin to manifest. You know the devil goes to church. He's a lot more consistent than most Christians. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> You can count on him. You can count on him showing up. Why? Because he wants to steal the word. See, when the word manifested, anointed by the Spirit of God, devils begin to... They begin to manifest. Why? Because they knew that God had found a body that he could operate and his time was over. When God comes back, he's coming back for his body, not a defeated body. Not a, a bride that's laying on the canvas of the boxing ring, blood running out our ears and blood running out our mouth, just hoping somebody ring the bell. Let's get out of here. Please, please, please come get us. That ain't the way he's coming back. He's coming back for a victorious bride who knows who they are and that have put the devil under their feet. Why, why did Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he said, all power and authority has been given unto me. Now, now you go. Why did he say that? for us to put the enemy under our feet. Under our feet, where are the feet? On the body, right? You don't have feet in your head. You don't have feet coming out your ears. You have feet on the body. We are the body of Christ. He exercises his dominion and authority through the body. Through the body. Who's the body? We're the body. The body of Christ. If you're a born-again child of God, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. You're in the family of God. You've been delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the family of Jesus Christ. You're a part of the body. The littlest part of the body has just as much power as Paul and Peter and Jesus when he walked on this earth as a man anointed by the Spirit of God. What gives us the legal right and authority to exercise dominion and authority upon the earth, it's a flesh and blood body. Us realizing that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised the body from the dead. When he quickened Jesus, he quickened us. When Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and made the devil to nothing, it's the same thing as you making the devil to nothing. 
Because when you came into Christ, Christ came into you, and the dominion and authority that he had is the same dominion and authority that you have. But now we've got to walk it out. Now we've got to apply it. How did God create? How did things move? He opened his mouth with power and authority. How are your finances going to change? Open your mouth. How's your body going to change? Open your mouth. How's your family going to change? Open your mouth. You've been running the thing anyway. Why not align it with God's Word? Right? So the thing about this is that if I choose not to exercise my dominion and authority, you still have the choice of exercising your dominion and authority. If, if you choose not to use your exercise or exercise your dominion and authority, I still have to choose to use my dominion and authority. Are you with me? It's a choice to apply God's word. It's a choice to open up our mouth and say what God says, even when it doesn't seem like anything's happening. See, your words are seeds. Say what God says. Say what God says. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. It's not some religious thing that you do. You're made in the image and likeness of God, and we're created to get the results that He promises us in His Word. But we don't get the results by bringing God down to our level and serving God the way we want to serve Him, thinking He's okay with it. Especially in America, we feel like we have a say-so about everything. That isn't the way God operates. It's a kingdom. There's order. There's a way of doing things. And the Spirit of God is encouraging us, come on, come on, church, let's come up. Come on, family, let's come up. Come on, warriors, let's come up. Come on, leaders, let's come up. Let's, let's walk in what God has promised us. Let's be all that God's called and created us to be. Because he says, as, as the world gets darker, we're supposed to get brighter. We, we're not going to get brighter by being religious. That doesn't mean go get a neon Christian t-shirt. No, it means that we're in such relationship with God and the light, the truth of his word is, is in our life and we're living it. That light is shining in darkness. We have answers. We have answers. We have answers. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. And, and I, I, I just declare that this word is sealed in our heart by you. And Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church. You're, you're the one that reveals the heart of the Father to us. You're the one that brings this alive to us. And I ask you to do that even while we're sleeping your word keeps us. Even while we're sleeping, whenever we wake up, your word is leading us. Your word is talking to us. Your word is, is doing a work on the inside of us. It's, it's, it's manifesting the plan and the will of God for our life. I declare that purpose and destiny rises up on the inside of every individual at the sound of my voice. I call people out of darkness and command them to come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There's such a, a drawing from the heart of the Father, drawing people into relationship. He wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to reveal His heart to each and every one of us. You're watching 
tonight. It doesn't matter. You're here. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. We can start tonight receiving the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus and make a, make a decision. I'm going to start applying God's Word. I, I'm made in the image and likeness of God and I can open my mouth and I can begin to say what God says and, and things are going to begin to change for me. Father, I ask that you just stir up every individual in this place. Stir up each and every one of us, Father, as we open up your word that it just comes alive to us. That let it be done to us according to your word is an anthem that rings in our life. Let it be done to us according to your word. Father, you said that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed and made whole. Let it be done to us according to your word. Father, you said you sent your word and healed every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. Let it be done to us according to your word. Father, your word says that if we lack wisdom to ask of you and you give it to us, let it be done unto us according to your word. Let it be done. Let it be, let it be done. Father, financially tonight, as, as people, that's whatever's on their heart to give, I want them to say, let it be done to me according to your word. Look up here at me for a second. Now, in order for us to increase financially, that has to be our heart. God, let it, let it be done to me according to your word. Your word says that you'll bless whatever I put my hands to. Let it be done to me according to your word. Well, what does that look like, Lord? Remember Isaiah 43, verse 25 and 26, we're talking about put, putting God in remembrance of His Word. He says, if you'll do this, now, now we can talk about your situation. But you've got to put me in remembrance so we can talk about it. If we can declare that God's going to bless us. We can declare that God's going to increase us. We can even say, Lord, let it be done to me according to your Word. But once again, if we're not doing things according to His Word, it can't be done according to His Word. So if you're bringing your tithe tonight, I want you to say, Lord, let it be done. Let what be done? That the windows of heaven are open over your life and He pours out the blessing that there's not room enough to, to receive it upon your life and He rebukes the devourer for your sake. Let it be done to me according to your Word. If you're bringing a seed, an offering, a gift tonight to the Lord, expect... Father, you said, whatever I give, it's going to be given unto me. Let it be done unto me according to your word. So you're putting action to your faith. And I want to encourage you, wherever you're at financially, I'm challenging you to believe God for more. Believe God for increase. Why? Because there's a world that we've got to reach out there. We're reaching 40 million people a week right now through all this, but that's nothing to where we're going. And you know what? It takes a lot of money to do it. It's selfish of me if I don't increase. It's selfish. Why? Because when I increase, we're going to reach more people. When you increase, you're going to reach more people. People are the most precious thing to God. And I'm so thankful that somebody had the resources to share with me about the goodness of God. Aren't you?